0: I have sleep apnea and I used to struggle with CPAP. Until recently, I hadn't had a good night's sleep since 2005. Do you even remember 2005? We used cell phones like actual phones. You had to call a cab with your voice. Sexy. We got our movies in the mail and podcasts on the radio.
1: Now that's interesting.
0: And everyone was getting serious about life hacks, like how to stop procrastinating or how to get mustard stains out of your clothes. Here's a seriously life-changing life hack for anyone who struggles with CPAP. Get Inspire. It's a sleep apnea treatment that works inside your body at the click of a remote. That's right, a button. There's no mask and no hose. Just sleep. Learn more on the information superhighway at inspiresleep.com. That's inspiresleep.com. Then put the bad old days of CPAP struggle behind you.
2: Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com.
0: From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more, wish the headlines would just stop? It's not a news flash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you're not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit ChurchesCare.com today. That's ChurchesCare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com. We look forward to serving you.
1: Welcome to Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes. Author and attorney, Roberta Grimes, will explore and illustrate how she, after an extraordinary experience of light and childhood, has discovered channels of communication to the afterlife and how these implications have an effect on our everyday lives. Please welcome the host of Seek Reality, Roberta Grimes.
3: My dear friends, welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I am thrilled that you're with us today. As I think many of you are coming to understand, there was a golden century of afterlife communication. It began in about 1840, it ended about 1940. And many of these messages came through deep trance, direct voice, and other kinds of physical mediums in southern England and in the eastern United States. And one reason why I am so certain about the afterlife that I would stake my life, literally, stake my life on it, pun intended is that all these messages received on two continents over a hundred years of time from so many different people talking to so many different people all agree perfectly about the basics, where the communicators are, what life is like there, what they're doing, all sorts of minute details. All these correspondences would be impossible if it were not real. And actually, I've never seen a communication received during that period that wasn't consistent with what most of them tell us. That is just statistically impossible if it's not real. It is real. And so people were able to tell back then as we cannot now tell that in fact, the afterlife is real. And after the golden age, and we can talk today with my guest about why it was that the golden age ended, but after that, it kind of faded in people's minds. I had trouble even realizing and discovering all of this when I started my research. And the rest of the 20th century was all all about science, and actually the bogus science that exists, which is based in materialism, so it isn't good for much. And the precise conditions that had made such a flowering possible had faded, so there was no way really to get it back. Few people today are even aware that for one brief shining moment, there, was, there really was a kind of camelot of afterlife communications. A time when mediums were not just reading the minds of people we used to think were dead, but communicators themselves would take over the mediums' bodies in various ways and give us the truth in no uncertain terms. We're fortunate that there are people now who are working to preserve the records that detail all the good work of the best mediums of that long-ago golden age. And one of the best of these researchers is Anne Riley Haggerty. He's back with us today for the second time. Riley's books are brief, they're entertaining, they're facts-filled, and frankly, they're a great introduction. To that golden age because they are so accessible. Um, you can read one in an evening or maybe two evenings, and it'll set, set forward your knowledge by miles and miles. Your horizons will expand as you cannot imagine now. So we're going to welcome for the second time in Riley Haggerty, who I think is just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Welcome, Riley. I'm so glad you're here.
4: Hi, Roberta. Thanks for having me again.
3: Yes, and we, have, we already have made another date for the fall because yeah. Riley continues to do this research and I'm excited to be able to share it with you. So Riley, in case other people might not sort of know anything about you and frankly you and I share a rather peculiar obsession which is this obsession we have with the afterlife. Can you tell us a little about your past and how you got started?
4: Um, I was a professional musician. In Philadelphia, signed to an agency for 20 years, playing professionally, and at the peak of my career, uh, this young woman, Diane Rossell, who was my fiance, who we lived together, she was struck down by leukemia. At, oh, why? Uh, only 29 years old, and oh. previous to her passing, at Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore. She had these wondrous clairvoyant visions of her son who had passed previous, uh, 15 years previous, and she caught me to the side of the bed and said, uh, I have something to tell you. I said, what's that? She goes, my son's here, she said. I said, I, and I instinctively just turned around and looked into the room. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: And I thought, uh, your son, I, because her and I had gone to the cemetery and stood by his grave about yes. three, four months previous.
3: Oh, she goes, wow.
4: he's standing behind you, she says. I said, what? He goes, my son Bradley, he's standing behind you. Uh, I, she goes, I know this is shocking to you, but he's coming to help me prepare to leave this life. I'm not going to make it through this experience. So that, that ended up being true. She passed away. And then yeah. I made an about face uh, from music to the search for life after death and answers that's what started me now here i am 30 years hence and i'm still going strong just like you (laughs) we'll never stop
3: this is really an addictive obsession frankly because there is so much good information to be found and it fits together so when you find new information your job is really to figure out how to put the puzzle together, how it all fits. It's, it's exciting. It's a treasure hunt. So I, I certainly identify with how you feel about it. But now, how old was he when he died, her son?
4: Little, little Bradley was two years old. He died oh, of uh, he had an oncoming asthma attack and just suddenly died. And it was uh, I didn't know the lad. It was 15 years before I even knew Diane. So it was very evidential. And she turned Absolutely. me that too, which just turned my whole mind upside down I was like oh my goodness so that, that was enough to take me out of music that's how uh, large it was and you see, I just started never, researching and reading everything him. and right. reading and reading and reading researching and just going going into it and uh, the, the vast amount of material about the great mediums and the heyday of spiritualism uh, I, I'm still uh, thrilled by what I'm doing Yes, I can
3: imagine that you would be, because I'm thrilled with what you write, and I went through about probably a decade of reading as much as I could get from that period, and it was really only when I had read enough of that that I knew it had to be real, because it was so detailed, so rich, so consistent. But let's talk a little bit more about Bradley. When she saw him, was
4: he a young adult,
3: or what did he look like? Did she ever tell you?
4: She said he was older.
3: He was yes. approximately
4: uh, like 15 years older than what he was when he passed away, but she, she just knew it was her son. She goes, you're of course. not going to doubt what I'm saying, are you? And no. I said, uh, no, uh, no, 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 I'm not going to doubt you're seeing your son. And she said, that's the way it is. And uh, she told me something very evidential. She said uh, a few nights previous, her son had brought a Mrs. Cummings with him, who was Diane's mother's best friend, who had passed away, but they didn't tell Diane so as not to upset her. And her horrible condition with leukemia. Oh, so she great. Said Mrs. Mrs. Yeah. Cummings was here last night. She goes, when well, my mother comes tomorrow morning, I want you to approach her and ask her, where's Mrs. Cummings? How come she hasn't been to see me? So I did. And her mother came in the next morning in the lobby of Johns Hopkins, and I said, Judy, where's, uh, I haven't seen Mrs. Cummings here. Oh, my goodness, be quiet. She goes, "Don't, don't breathe a word to Diane. She passed <laughs> away two weeks ago. I love this. You know, it's so evidential that how can you deny yes. such a thing as that? So that, that's that's, that's not
3: it. the first time I've heard that kind of story, but it is a great. This is this is what made, um, for example, Sir William Barrett decide he had to, or was it Robert Barrett? I can't remember which one. He I, he decided he had to research this because he, he, this dying woman was seeing his her sister who had passed a few days before, and again she was too sick they hadn't told her. But when, well, you
4: know what the the death experience is usually what starts people on their journey because yes. you realize you have no. I, I realized I had no answers. I was brought up Roman Catholic, and that that provided nothing. That's right. So I just went and searched for myself. Uh, that's what I I did, and I recommend it for everybody who's searching for answers. Go and do the research. You'll see.
3: When, and actually, even though there are good books now and wonderful researchers, it is important that each of us satisfy ourselves. All that we can say, Riley and I, is that as you do your research, you will become more certain and more certain. And then one day you won't even think about death as negative ever again after that. Death is positive okay. and only positive. It's a wonderful thing. So, all right, right, let's. We, we, before we go to a break, I'd like to talk a little bit about what direct voice mediumship is to set the stage here. Can you give us some definitions and talk about it a bit?
4: Direct voice is considered by many of the great researchers as the highest and most evidential form of mediumship. Isolated in space apart from the medium, spirit voices manifest. So you would say literally out of thin air, which is incredible. Um, right. Now, direct voice as such, in spiritualist terms, implies that the use of a megaphone or a light metal trumpet just like a megaphone the spirits use to amplify their voices. Uh, Whereas independent voice is precisely that. Uh, Like in my first book, The French Revelation, independent voice was with Emily French as medium. The voices just spoke right out of the thin air in a darkened room. In the case of, uh, like the medium we'll be talking about later, Mrs. Blake, she used a trumpet. So the trumpet acts as a, megaphone, and in the case of Mrs. Blake, her seances were done in the full light. So her trumpet was a small, two and a half foot long tube, metal, light metal tube. So the spirits would uh, employ the darkness the inner, the inner, uh, the middle section of the trumpet was distended a little bit. So the, tr- the spirits used that darkness to manifest their voice. I know this probably sounds confusing to a lot of people, but
3: we're going to come back and talk about it because uh, all, everything you're saying is important and significant and consistent with every with what everybody else says. But one of the things I loved about this book, um, and, and did I say I can't remember whether I said the book? So, book's title. Uh, let me just say it again because I think it's where well, you, you you tell us your the title of your book so people will understand um, what to look for.
4: It's called the Direct Voice: The Mediumship of Elizabeth Blake
3: it's just great and it's it's quick too i mean it's very evidential in terms of being consistent with what everybody else says and she was really kind of remarkable as as i can't begin to tell you how remarkable she was when we come back we're going to talk about why it was those trumpets worked so well
5: Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
2: We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more.
3: Welcome back to Seek Reality with N. Riley Haggerty, who is explaining to us um, how it was that the, the deep trance mediums and direct voice mediums and all these mediums who were giving us such great information 100, well, almost 100 years ago now, 80 years ago now, um, were able to do their work. Very, very interesting. Now, we're talking about the trumpet, which, frankly, is a feature of many um, uh, se- seances that are held with all kinds of physical mediums. Um, what seems One of the things that seems to unite physical mediums is ectoplasm. And one of the things I enjoy about your book is you actually quote the dead on explaining what it is and where it comes from and how it works in the trumpet. I had never seen that done before. Very interesting. So tell us a little about that. The ectoplasm or the trumpet? Well, the whole thing. How, because... Basically, the trumpet provides a dark, it amplifies the voice, as you can imagine, everyone, you know, these things, so that's how a trumpet works in real life. I mean, people speak through a megaphone. But also, to,
4: uh, I'll explain exactly what the spirit said. And this okay. was done during an independent voice dance. Uh, the voice is talking right out of the air. So the spirit chemist came through and said, from the medium and those present chemist in the spirit world withdraws certain ingredients, which for want of a better name, is called ectoplasm. To this, the chemist adds ingredients of his own making. When they are mixed together, a substance is formed, which enables the chemist to materialize his hands. He then, with his materialized hands, constructs a mask resembling the mouth and tongue. The spirit wishing to speak places his face into the mask and finds it clings to him. It gathers round his mouth, tongue, and throat. At first, difficulty is experienced in moving the heavier material, but by practice this becomes easy. The etheric organs have once again become clothed in matter, resembling physical matter. And by the passage of air through them, your atmosphere can be vibrated, and you hear his voice. <laughs> and that
3: is extraordinary everyone, that is the best explanation I have ever seen in fact, the most complete a lot of things I learned in your book were things like that, that the spirits were explaining to us but all by itself, that's worth the price of the book
4: here's another one, it's a little explanation another spirit said, there are in our group, seven people all spirits now all expert in the handling of the electric and magnetic forces and when you and the psychic in this case, Mrs. French Uh The vital force that emanates from her personality is gathered up. We also take emanations, emanations, substances, from you and the others with you, while we contribute to the mass a certain spirit force. Now that force which we gather and distribute is just as material as any substance that you would gather for any purpose. It is simply higher in vibration. We clothe the organs of respiration of the spirit who is to speak, so that his voice will sound in your atmosphere. And when this condition is brought about, it is just as natural for a spirit as it is for you. You then have what is known as the direct or independent voice. That is the voice of a spirit speaking as an earth-like.
3: <laughs> that is wonderful. That, that, this is the, What is ectoplasm? Um, do you have a definition for it or I'll, I'll explain what I understand it to be?
4: It's just this mysterious substance. I think that it's beyond our comprehension, actually. Because the spirits have been trying for centuries to explain it. It's just a substance or gaseous substance taken from the medium. And through this substance, a spirit chemist can lower the vibrations and use it as a vehicle to produce physical manifestations, including the independent voice.
3: Yes, it comes from the, the medium's body. Everyone needs to and understand this. And the sitters who are in the room as well can produce
4: it. Yes, everybody. Everybody in a seance contributes a little bit of something. I the, love it. The spirits <laughs> take anything they can from uh, the sitters, and uh, of course, mostly from the medium. And I have seen uh, the production of ectoplasm up close. Yes. And it is an astounding thing to witness.
3: It's sort it's of a, ga- a gaseous. It's sort of whitish, isn't it? And it emanates from like any orifice—ear, nose mouth yes. wherever yep. yeah mm-hmm. and, yes. and the problem with the reason why so many séances are held in darkness everyone is that um, apparently the kind of light we have on earth is somewhat antithetical to the uh, ectoplasm there have actually there was a woman killed who was had produced ectoplasm they suddenly put light in the room and uh, it snapped back into her body and she died a few days later so that's a, right. it's a very serious Matter, but um, it, it can be a red light doesn't affect it, right? So sometimes they hold these stances in red light.
4: Yeah, for some reason, the red light or bluish light does not affect the ectoplasm, but uh, the white light disintegrates matter. And when there's ectoplasm floating about, uh, it lends itself to the precaution you have to take when you're sitting with a medium, a powerful medium for physical manifestations. You have to have everybody on board. Yes, Uh, Because uh, to strike a light, the ectoplasm, in some unknown way, zaps itself back into the medium like like a thunderbolt. It can cause serious internal injury to to the medium. And so the spirit chemists have to trust everybody in the room. When you have ectoplasm floating about with a materialized spirit walking around or independent voice, there is a lot behind the scenes going on so it's very fragile and can be very dangerous to the medium. It's just one of the great mysteries of spiritualism. Yes, I yes, yes. It really but, is. It's it exists, truly incredible.
3: And it's indisputable that it exists. It has been seen, it has been photographed. Um, but many people uh, have no sense of, of just how valuable it is. It's, as, no. as, as you said, it's, it, it's used to, in many ways, cloak a non-physical being So that in, for example, a a deep trance um, or or physical medium seance, it will cloak a person and you'll see that person walking around the room. You'll see hands, you'll see all kinds of things because the ectoplasm has formed around this non-material body part. Um, people have had a, a pet come and jump in their lap that had, is long dead uh, when, if they're sitting there in the dark. And it's that pet. Now it's clothed in ectoplasm. So this is just all really amazing. And the reason why these this these stances could be held in light was that the tube was small and long, that part of it, of the trumpet. And they made... The, the voice box and the face mask, which of size is irrelevant when we're dealing with the dead, they made it small to fit inside that tube. So it was in the dark, but everybody else was in the light. I found that fascinating.
4: Yeah, I don't, it's inscrutable it's, it's to our, our thinking. I, I don't, it, it's almost too wondrous to even try to uh, analyze because Mrs. Blake, I would say, and I, I'll put more than 30 years research behind this to me was probably the greatest medium I have ever, ever researched. She, she was a medium since the time she was seven years old and it did not involve the long development circles and gatherings every week. Yes. To develop. Fully developed from the moment she, you know, seven years old was her first spiritual experience. Wow. And then thank goodness she had sympathetic parents instead of people that uh, considered her a lunatic or uh, possessed. She has sympathetic neighbors and parents, and uh, one of the, the neighbors suggested they get a trumpet, a little megaphone. And the first time uh, Mrs. Blake held it in her hand, the spirits spoke out of it. First time. Wow. And then the word got out, and then she didn't practice mediumship until about 15 years later when she was, about 10, 12 years later when she married Zachariah Blake. And then they moved to uh, Bradrick, Ohio, on the banks of the Ohio River, Bradrick. And there she stayed all of her life. She claimed that she never ventured more than two miles from her house her entire life. And, and she for had... about 60 years, she gave yes. dances, And uh, it was said that she, she served more than 200,000
3: people yes I, I wrote that down because I couldn't believe it but that's that's the kind of dedication this woman had I mean she devoted her life to this and one of the there are many interesting points you make in this book one of them I'm not sure whether you made it or whether it was August goforth who did I want to talk about him with you too um, sure. but but the, the point was made that between 1860 and 1920 the people that were we're coming to her of her sittings were going through two horrendous wars the this the major wars the civil war and, yeah. and then the the world war one and this distorted things in ways which i think uh, it was that again was all by itself worth the price of the book to to understand how the atmosphere we know the atmosphere we live in affects what we do what we think what we say everything Well, it affected them very profoundly, too. I think it made them somewhat obsessed with death and fatalistic. But also, as you point out, they didn't ask her the right questions. We'd like to have known more about what was going on. But they were just reassuring themselves that the people they had lost, probably lost in wars even, had survived. So um, all of that, to me, is very, very interesting. You. Once we understand that life is eternal, we want to know more and more of these details. And certainly better understanding the environment is a very, very important thing.
4: Oh, yeah. So... Um, well, it, In my first book, that the lawyer with Emily French as Independent Voice Medium, he, he was able to ask the spirits several, several, several questions. And the book is filled with their answers about every aspect of life, here, there, and everywhere.
3: Which is why That's Riley, we're going to have like, to talk about that one too. I think we we just we're going to have to make another appointment. There going to be there going to be two more <laughs> sittings with Riley because his work is so great. And meanwhile, I hope you'll stick with us when we come back. We're going to talk about August Goforth. That's a story all by itself. Meanwhile, Roberta Grimes seek reality with N. Riley Haggerty. We'll be right back.
1: Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the X Zone Broadcast Network. www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. Power.
5: Power. You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on SIMO TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more.
3: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes and my wonderful guest, Anne Riley and Riley Haggerty. And where one of the things that I think is wonderful about this book, um, and, and his book is, of course, The Direct Voice, one of the things about it is that there's a forward by August Goforth. And August is, to me, a fascinating guy. He was our guest about two years ago. His book then was The Risen. I understand he has another one, so we'll have, have him back, too. But that isn't even his real name. I mean obviously it's sort of a too good to be true name, but it's not even his real name. Tell us a little more little more about August, so people might want to go back and, and read learn about his book
4: he uh i you know I don't know everything about August. All I do know is that he's been a comrade, he's been an incredible inspiration to me. He uh designed and formatted my books uh, except with the exception of the first two books. He's designed and formatted the last three, including The Direct Voice. Uh, he's a well-known practicing psychotherapist in New York City and obviously author, and medium, uh, developing more and more, but a brilliant writer. And lucky me, boy, I had him uh, write the foreword to The Direct Voice. You can just tell by reading it. It's just incredible. Yeah, it's very me. He's a comrade and a friend.
3: Well, he, he's a, and obviously that's why he uses a pseudonym. He basically is, he has still got a profession. Um, people like you and me, we don't even care what people think. We want to spread the truth no matter what. I don't, I couldn't care less. Um, and all my clients, I'm still practicing law, but they all, they all know that I'm a little eccentric and we're all fine. But, but um, I, I recommend The Risen. Uh, it was a just like everything else August does, it's extremely meaty and extremely helpful, and I think in some ways is a great introduction to this whole field. So let's put in a plug for that, too. August, go forth, and the book is The Risen.
4: And the uh, his second book is The Risen, The Companion to Grief, and it's just, it's absolutely incredible. I, I think it's a masterpiece. Anybody who, you know, how many people you know are grieving? Many. Yes, I, I hear from them every
3: day. Yes
4: very
3: much. Well, we'll, we will have him on in the fall then and talk about that one. Um, One of the things I'm finding as I hear from people more and more is that everyone wants to know for certain that the afterlife is eternal. And it's very, very hard to know it unless you put in a little of this work. So I'm trying, I don't know if you've all noticed, I'm trying to more and more have guests who have done the research, who are able to really could help to convince you that everything that seems too good to be true is nevertheless 100 percent true and it's it's wonderful now what what arthur finley who is um uh, one of your i think it was august who said he's one of the greatest minds to ever put pen to paper concerning the science of mediumship world religions and spirit communication Oh. Okay, well, you said that. I said, okay, well, there's Arthur for you. Um, he's not with us now, but if, if you Google him, there are courses and things you can take with him, and I know people who do that. Um, and um, he said in his autobiography in 1956 that all the discoveries of mankind fade into insignificance when compared to the discovery of this wonderful mediumistic phenomenon. And that is... What we're talking about today, direct voice communication. Um, I have said before that Leslie Flint, Google him, listen to all, you can hear a lot of famous people talking through Leslie Leslie Flint's mediumship, which also happened in daylight. Um, And one of my very favorite people who ever lived, of course, is Thomas Jefferson, who's still my very dear friend. And he spoke in 1960 through Leslie Flint. What he said, you almost can't here. it's almost illegible' I, I, we're, uh, inaudible not so much because it's too soft as because it's kind of garbled right. but the, but the breath control, the way that, you know the pitch of the voice, the way the, the way the words are formed that was exactly how he talked when he was alive. If you want to hear Thomas Jefferson in old age, just go to the Leslie Flint website and listen. I sometimes just listen to the first part of it just for the to hear my friend's voice. Because right now he's not, he's not in a body. So this is a very, very exciting field that, that um, August and, and um, Riley are investigating, and a lot more needs to be done. Explain to us now, though, why it, this doesn't happen anymore. Do you, have, you, have you thought about it? Because we all have different theories.
4: Well, um, we, we all know, if, well, first of all, if you do the research, uh, the whole story unfolds itself. Like it did yes. with me, year after year after year, when you see the players uh, involved in historic spiritualism, you know, the, uh, the suffrage movement, for one thing, you could literally say it grew out of the spiritualist town of Lilydale, where Susan B. Anthony gave her most fiery addresses. I wish yes. I was there to see them. Yes! And spiritualism uh, throughout, once you piece it together, you'll see that the home circle... Of the family members, you know, if there was a medium in the family, they were embraced by the family. They usually kept it private, and it was a very holy, sacred experience every week to converse with your ancestors and your loved ones. Yes. And the big word is distraction. There is, there is no distractions now. The world is, the world is one big distraction. Yes. <laughs> and cell phone towers. If you. 1848 to 1948-58 to is what I put the true heyday of spiritualism, but if you look and you move through time, 18, 1958, the mechanical age starts happening, then more pollution, the food is less organic. Now we have, hour and hour we go, we have cell phones and towers and radio waves. Uh, greed has just gone through the roof and power and money and all the materialistic baggage that goes with it is so anti-development, you know. it's so it goes against the sacredness of developing mediumship. There are mediums out there, but they're very rare, you know. The, the, I, I think the mechanical age and all, all that goes with it and all the distractions have added to it, the breakdown of the family home circle.
3: And there are people who, like Elizabeth Blake, have gifts right from the start.
4: Right from the start. They,
3: Many of uh, many of them, though, have parents who are not receptive, and you can right. talk somebody out of believing that what's happening is actually happening. And that happens to many potential mediums today because their parents are skeptical because pe- we actually believe that science knows what it's doing, which it does not, because it's based no. in materialism. and since n- even even the great sciences of the 20th century, Einstein and Max Planck among them, knew that there is nothing solid. What we could experience as solidity, matter, is in fact, um, Einstein said, just uh, energy uh, whose vibration has been lowered sufficiently that we can perceive it. So when, when we have science zealously pursuing what we've known for a century is just an illusion, science is of no help. But it has convinced many people that once you die, you're dead. I mean as religion falls away and religion is not a good substitute because they have it all wrong too but at least they gave people the religionists gave people hope that maybe life would be eternal many people right. are losing that hope now oddly I was just reading this morning that one reason there are many more suicides is that it's just too oppressive to even live with a certainty that you're going to blink out like a light so there's an irony people are just want to give up the ghost because it's such a horrendous thing to be stuck in a materiality that is that there where there's nothing spiritual, so right. that's horrendous. Um, but there's I, we, there's also the fact that before electricity, many people would it was sort of a fad to sit in circles and do table tipping and stuff, and that helped to develop some of the earliest physical mediums so it's a variety of things and there are some people trying to bring it back Um, we've talked with Dr. R. Craig Hogan who for a decade has been working with a circle and developing new physical mediums it's not easy but the people he's working with are very dedicated but uh, do you think we'll ever get back the ability to do these phenomena what do you think
4: I don't think we'll ever see the true heyday repeated I think it was a wonder time in history
3: a wonder time
4: and I I just do I think that the the portals opened um, I, since natural law is immutable and never changes then the same laws are in effect now and I believe that people can be developed uh, to what extent I'm not quite sure because there's a lot of physical mediums a handful out there now but uh, I, I search for the evidence you know, besides this phenomena I think the right. evidence needs to be there and in my case, uh, after the loss of my fiancé, I I was saved by reading the work of, like, the medium Emily French. I never sat with a yes. medium or anything.
3: Yes. But the written word
4: is what saved my mind because my rational mind said, this must be true. It cannot possibly – no one could lie to this extent.
3: Well, it's a little – her little son came, too. I think if she hadn't been getting those experiences and sharing them with you, it would have been a lot harder for you to at least be willing to dare to try. One of the things we don't, I think, sufficiently appreciate, we who know the truth, is that it's scary to start to investigate the afterlife. Because, because what if what if people like Riley and Roberta are all wrong? What if there's nothing there and you've proved it to yourself? Boy, I'd take the pipe then. But um, well, it, It's I- there.
4: People can find it's it. True. It's there. It's there. That's it. There's no... Like, you're, you're an attorney, so the preponderance of evidence, once you go and research,
2: yes. you really
4: look into it and use a rational thought process, there is no doubting life after death and spirit communication. There is no doubt whatsoever.
3: I, I totally agree. It's impossible for it not to be true. So, no. unlike you and me, probably, when we started our work, everyone listening can convince yourself of the truth we've we've been your pioneers we're telling you now it's all good it's all perfect and wonderful and better than you can imagine and so it's time to get serious and really do that work we're going to come back um, in a few minutes and when we when we do we're going to talk a little more about what comes next for riley and for me so this is seek reality stick with us we'll be right back
1: Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com.
2: The concept of a New Age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the New Age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication, bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com.
3: Reality. This is Roberta Grimes, and we are talking with N. Riley Haggerty, who is one of the, if not perhaps, I would think, the leading present-day researcher of the heyday of what was really uh, communication between the living and the dead. The veil was thinner, although it's thinning again, fortunately, but the veil was thinner, the mediums were much stronger, and physical mediumship allowed the dead to not to have their minds read. They, it, this was this was a much more direct way. They could literally put their face into a mask. I now know that from Riley's most recent book and talk into a trumpet and everything, including the breath control, everything could happen. And they could use the voice that we remember. Extraordinary time. And uh, I, according to Riley, and I think you're right, Riley, it won't come back. But fortunately, we do have these... Uh, these records so what, what, what's next for you what are you talking about doing now
4: um well i've been actually my wife and i've been sitting on our own little circle for 26 years 20 more than 20 years now and we're we're working on development still to, you know we're just we're going we have our mindset on what we want to have manifest and we're just determined uh to keep going with that i've got um
3: could i ask you about that Are, do you have meet people with mediumistic abilities sitting with you every week is that what you do
4: my wife's a very powerful medium
3: and she really
4: she's very well very, very well known she has lots of clients uh, who come every week and uh they leave in tears which is always a good sign <laughs> does she do does she do readings for the public i mean should we give? does. No, she, she's a clairvoyant and she uh you know i you know me well enough by now to know that I don't accept anything yes absolutely positive, scientific, evidential proof.
3: Yes, like, like all researchers who are really good, you are very skeptical, as am I. Evidence,
4: it's, yes. I, I'm skeptical of everything until the evidence proves otherwise. That's, it's not much to ask when it comes to mediums. Where is the evidence? That's it. Any rational human being should approach it the same way. Evidence. That's what you yeah, want. And I, she provides it, evidence she has abundance of clients now because of it
3: all right and this is this is great so well i'm going to make sure that we we uh, talk about her as well um maybe maybe i could even interview her but does she like do readings by phone is she someone people could contact or is it all physical and insane, she can do insane. readings by
4: phone but uh, she usually they come to our house she has a separate room upstairs in our farmhouse and uh, she has a nice beautiful little setup there and she throws cards, and then she holds the person's hands, and then uh, usually it starts right there. The evidence just starts pouring out. and. Like wait, where I are said, you located?
3: Uh, when, when where, wait, I don't tears know where...
4: start flowing. It's a good sign because you know that they're hitting yes. something.
3: Oh, yes. And
4: but, 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 but Riley, where, where
3: are you? Because people are saying, okay, I'd be interested, but where are you?
4: Upstate New York. It's called Oswego. Okay. O-S-W-E-G-O. It's right on oh, Lake okay. Ontario.
3: Okay. All right. That's, that's an easy place to get to. Good. All right so so um, are you communicating with people do they you, you, you don't have those gifts it's your wife who has them
4: Correct, but I've been sitting for development for a number of years and i I have my mind set on what I want to develop and uh, whether it ever comes or not I just I like sitting and meditating in the dark and I just I just do and uh, it's just been a part of my life meditating's been a part of my life for many years so I just sort of go with an open mind I don't really. It's good for anybody. meditation. It actually
3: it it is, and one of the things that I think before too long is going to become uh, a a fad again is that this notion that if we sit in circle, uh, week after week, uh, wonderful things can begin to happen. It can take years, so this isn't something. Oh, absolutely years. Yes, that, that people can do quickly. But people who are determined, I, I know of other people sitting in circles. And after the first 10 years, it starts to be really fancy. More and more things happen. Um, and it's a very it's exciting. It's a long stretch. You know,
4: you, when you sit down, you say, especially now in these fast paced times and distractions right. and cell phones and Facebook and YouTube, when you, you try to just try to gather people to do anything is difficult, let alone yes. contact the spirit world. And let alone do it every week. Board. Yes. You have to yes. be in sync. That's yes. hard to do. And then you throw in five, six, seven, maybe ten years of nothing, then you're really put to the test. I think the spirits, they've raised the bar. I, I think that anything's possible, but I really think they are fully aware of the distractions in this world. And, uh, you know, you never know who's recording you. You know, a lot of these great mediums, they would be in shock right now at the way things are as far as social media. Someone has a secret phone hidden in their pocket, or you never know what's yes. going on now. You know, you may have a medium out there, and the next minute they're on Facebook or on YouTube, secretly recorded by somebody. So you don't really know. The sanctity of it all and the sacredness is is yes. really the most important part of it all. Absolutely. Uh, mediums can develop, but it will I think it's going to just take more time and... You know, I, I think anything's possible. It's important. I don't want to discourage anybody. I want to. No,
3: but but the thing we need to understand is the people that we used to think were dead, who are more alive than they ever have been, are the ones who know <laughs> who is true, who is real, and who is not, and right. they will commit if they are certain that we are committed. But if, if we're just playing around and this is just a fad of the day, um, they won't waste their time because it's a tremendous oh, commitment to on their part.
4: Yes. No, they'll, they'll never get involved if they detect the slightest BS from anybody or any, yes. any form of yes. sin, <laughs> any right. form of any of it. They're not going to come. I, you have my word on it. They're not going to do it. They're not going to waste their time. No, nope, they're not going to do it. So, so right, sign on and stay with it. Yes,
3: I mean, you basically, right, you have to decide that I'm going to do this for life once a week. And when you do that, and you really are sincere about wanting to help the world, um, they will gravitate to you. You don't have to go looking for them. And other right, exactly. people who are sincere will gravitate as well.
4: Well, that's the right way to use, because if you make it part of your life, just like brushing your teeth. Yes. If you make it part of your life experience, committed to spirit, to bring them through, then... Like uh, we've been sitting for years, so you, you just don't give up. You don't have any expectations, that's... and you just don't give up. The spirit will bring you where you need to go. Uh, that's how I—that's what I believe. I just—I believe it, though. Well, they'll in, in fact,
3: it's—it's it's true. It's what you've learned the hard way by doing the research. Do you have a website, or how would people get in touch with you?
4: Well, I have uh, N Riley H n r i l e y h at com is the email and then I have a, a Facebook I had to be really coherent into doing a Facebook page so but I said I'll, I'll do it for the sake of my books and the address on the Facebook page is simply the books of N Riley Hegarty Hegarty spelled H E A G E R T Y N Riley R I L E Y N Riley Hegarty the books of N Riley Hegarty well i to the page and I tried to do all kinds of interesting things regarding the mediums and the sciences and the books it's not chit chat who's eating what for breakfast none of that stuff no you're you're a serious
3: guy i could just as i am i i have little patience with the chit chat too but i'm so glad you were with us today we're going to be doing this again twice more we already have already decided that and meanwhile please consider yourself hugged and everyone check out these books (laughs) they're amazing so Meanwhile, as you know, everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could be with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really understand all the implications of that, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, I can't wait, is for the umpteenth time, our wonderful, wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, will be back with us. Whenever he and I talk, which we is far too seldom, we always come up with something new that we really ought to talk about together with you in the room because so much of this is still so hard to understand and this time we're going to be talking about the fact that there is no such thing as objective time time and space are just part of the material illusion of this level of reality in nearly all of reality they don't even exist um, or they don't exist in a way that's objective. but they do exist to some extent. It's fascinating. He, he knows more about time than anybody else I know. And uh, we're going to talk about it next week, so please join us and prepare to be boggled. This week we've been talking with N. Riley Haggerty, who is I think, a terrific researcher, because he thinks the way I do. I mean, if it's true, it'll prove itself. If not, um, I'm not going to grasp at straws. And his work has produced some great books and continues to. This week, we've been talking about The Direct Voice, the mediumship of Elizabeth Blake. Riley says she's the greatest medium who ever lived. The problem is, of course, she lived at a time when we were in the midst of wars, and she, but still she was devoted to her work. And she can prove to you in this little book that it's all real. Please understand that since your life is eternal, it's important that you get ready to live for a heck of a lot longer than whatever the time is you think you have left on earth. And people like N. Riley Haggerty are doing what needs to be done to give you the information you need now so you can begin to think in an eternal frame. I just I think his book is wonderful and his work is wonderful. As you know, my, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, my Thomas, the fun of dying, the fun of staying in touch, the fun of growing forever the fun of living together and for young children the fun of meeting jesus and we're now preparing the fun of growing with jesus which will help to introduce them to death in a positive way if you want to talk about any of my books or really if you want to talk with me about anything at all you can always contact me through robertagrimes.com there's a little contact block there i do answer every email just please be sure you give me your right address Past episodes, of course, are available in a lot of different places. You can learn more at at robertagrimes.com. Meanwhile, this has been Secret Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you are infinitely loved.